Father, I pray that you would give us a great message, your message, Lord God. We need something new and we need something fresh from you today, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you that the cold is broken. But Lord, right now in this moment, give us a prophetic word. Give us your word. And Lord, anoint this word. Father, we also pray right now for, for Preston, Lord God. I just sense in my heart to pray for him, Lord, as he's at the hospital, Lord God, and that, Lord, he'll be in and out of there quickly. Lord, whatever it is that he has will just pass right through, Lord God. You'll break it up, dissolve it, destroy it, eliminate it, God. In Jesus' name, heal his little body, God. And thank you, Lord, that he'll have a testimony. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Julie, good to have you back from Uganda. Amen. Been sharing some great stuff. We've got to hear some great testimonies. And God's doing great things around the world. Amen. Well, you know, I want to share one of my favorite places to eat is what I like to call the Mongolian House of Glory. <laughs> if you ever been to the Mongolian Grill, I love that place. You know why? Because you go there and you get that empty bowl. How many of there's, if you've ever been there, there's an art to filling the bowl at the Mongolian, Mongolian House of Glory. I saw Dustin here. He's very familiar. His lawyers worked there before. You worked there years ago before you were a, a teacher over at Rochester High School. And uh, you get there at that empty bowl, and there's an art. Matter of fact, I asked Dustin, Laura, I don't know if he remembers a few years ago, what's the best way to fill the bowl? And there's an art to it. Make sure you put that meat on top so it holds it down like glue. And anyway, I, This is sad, isn't it? I'm talking about this for my sermon. But it's funny because you go there with that bowl. I don't ever see anybody walk up to the guy who cooks your food with just like a couple beans and maybe one piece of meat. When you go there and you pay the money, you're going to fill the bowl. Amen? You're gonna, you, you want that bowl filled. When we come into God's house of glory, I pray that we say, God, fill my bowl. Amen? God doesn't just fill it with a little bit. He wants to fill you full today. And his word fills us full. And I'm praying that this will fill you up. That was the most satisfying introduction to a sermon I've had for myself in a long time. Because I'm thinking about it. All right, let's turn to the book of Exodus chapter 8. We're going to go through 14 verses here. Exodus chapter 8. This is, a, uh, this is an interesting story. This is a story in the Bible where you need to use all those senses, right? God's given us many senses. And to see it, to smell it, to feel it, to sense it, to hear it. And this is part of the, the process when Moses is meeting with Pharaoh and there's plagues. And Egypt is uh, in, a, in a place of of prosperity. The Israelites are, are enslaved to them, but yet God is using a man by the name of Moses to come to Pharaoh with the words that we know very well, let my people go. And so as Pharaoh refuses to change, um, Moses says, well, God's going to bring another plague. And we're in the middle of that whole situation right now. Verse one, Exodus chapter eight. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land or your entire country. Frogs everywhere. Uh, what I always like to point out, that this is not a fairy tale. This is, this is something literally that happened. The Nile River will swarm with frogs, verse 3. They will come up out of the river and into your palace. 
even into your bedroom and into your bed. <laughs> they, that makes sleeping interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> They will enter the houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and into your kneading bowls, into your bowls of cereal, and into your bowls of Mongolian glory. Frogs everywhere. Frogs. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all your officials. This is, this is getting, you know, real personal here as he's talking to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers canals and ponds of Egypt and bring up the frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused the frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people and I will let your people go. So he, they asked them to let the people go. The plague has happened, and now he's saying, yes, please do this at this moment. I will let your people go so that they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. You set the time, Moses replied. Everyone say, set the time. He said, you set the time. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials, and your people. Now, you and I would probably sit there and say, uh, I don't even need to set the time. The time is right now. Amen? I want these frogs out of here. <laughs> set the time. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials, your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River where they belong. <laughs> Pharaoh said, do it tomorrow. Interesting reply right there. Do it tomorrow. All right, Moses replied. All right, that's what you want. It will be as, have, as you have said. Then you will know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Amen. The frogs will leave you in your houses, your officials, your people. They will remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted, inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just as Moses had predicted. The frogs in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. Gross. Don't use all your senses right there. Don't use the smell sense. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps, and a terrible stench, plug your nose, filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that the relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had predicted. I, I find this story very fascinating. It's got a lot to it. It's got a lot in it. As I said, the children of Israel had been in bondage for 450 years. That is a long time, church. Uh, 430 years, excuse me. 430 years is a long time. That's, that's literally like us today, like right now, 430 years ago is like 35, 36 years before the Mayflower ever landed. That's, that's, that's almost 20 years before the King James Version was written, which was written in 1611. 430 years is a long time. Can we all agree to that? That's a long time for a nation to be in captivity. And so the, the Israelites were in slavery. They, they had cried out to God. They cried out for freedom, for being able to be set free. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he had a hard heart. So the Lord 
sent this plague of frogs. He, he covered the land. He, he put, I mean, they were everywhere coming out of the Nile River. And this story is in this moment. And, and so the, the, the idea was to let the people go. But Pharaoh's reply is very interesting, isn't it? He said, do it. Let's do this tomorrow. Do this tomorrow. When I, when I was 19 years old, living in Colorado Springs, I help, I, at that time I was helping out with the youth ministry. I was not a youth pastor yet, but I was helping out with the youth ministry. A friend of mine was a youth pastor. His name was Rick. And, and, and we began to have many kids come to our, our youth group that came from a gang in town. I believe my dad might remember that. And these, these, this actual gang was part of an, a Los Angeles gang called the, the Bloods or the Crips. Some of you probably heard of those guys. And we literally had gang members in our youth group. And you should have seen the ladies with blue hair running, right? <laughs> As we were filled with a bunch of gang members. And so, but praise God, many of them were giving their heart to Jesus Christ. And this all started, we met some of them at a basketball court. A couple of them came and we started seeing these gang, gang members, teenagers, coming to Jesus Christ. On one particular night, though, I remember that there was one person who was kind of like, he was like the, 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 the leader of all this in the town. Everybody in, in, in that, in the young people knew who he was from school, and, and he was the one. And we pray, Lord, if, he, if this man gets saved, if this young man gets saved, look out. And I remember he came to the altar that night, and I've told this story before. I don't know if I've ever told it here, but I used to tell it to youth groups. He, he came to the altar, and I remember me and Rick literally just seeing this young man come to the altar with tears in his eyes, and he, he was breaking down, and he wasn't so tough at this moment. And you can see God was doing a work in his life, and we asked him, we said, you know, tonight, would you like to give your heart to Jesus Christ? And he literally said, I'm going to wait. I'm not ready yet. And, you know, there's only so much you can do. We said, are you sure that, that you don't want to do it tonight? And he said, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And we were disappointed in that. And so weeks went by. We didn't ever hear from him again. We never saw him again. And then about a month or a month and a half later, some of the kids came and told us that this young man on his way home from school was hit and killed. Terrible story. Sad story. I know it is. But there, he had a moment. Where he said, I'm not ready yet. And I pray in Jesus. I've prayed, and we prayed that moment. Lord, I pray after that service, as he was walking home, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray that he, we planted the seeds and he turned his heart over to Jesus Christ. I don't know. We don't know. Only God knows if he did that. And I pray that he did. But he, he said, I'm, I, I want to wait. And how many of us in our life, God has told us something specifically that needs to change or need, we need to do. And we tend to say, God, I want to do this, but I'm not ready yet. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. And I believe that we don't have a lot of tomorrows left in our life. Amen. Jesus is coming soon. And today is the day for transformation, for change. And so Pharaoh said tomorrow. And then there were these, these plagues, like we said, they were sent out there. Some of them were very unusual. Of course, the, the frogs are pretty unusual. There were locusts and there were boils and all kinds of plagues. And so, but this plague was the plague of frogs. So when God sends a plague, it's a legit plague. As a matter of fact, I actually think, I don't know if we put it up yet. I have a couple of pictures of, of frogs, and maybe this is a little bit what it would have looked like if we have that. There's just a bunch of frogs. They're cute, but they're not cute if they're in your bowl of spaghetti or sleeping on you at night. I don't look at that and think that's comforting. 
it's one thing to have a Yorkie sleep on me, but it's another thing <laughs> to have a bunch of frogs singing, and their name is not Kermit. <laughs> he can sing, but not these guys. So this is a literal plague. And the Bible said that the whole country was filled with frogs everywhere on the streets, in your house, in, uh, uh, on your stove, in your food, on your on your tables, there's frogs everywhere. So Moses goes and he talks to Pharaoh. We just read it in the scripture. And he said, Moses, can you go tell your God what I want? Yes. And he was willing to, to do it right there. God would have done it right at that moment. He said, Moses, go and tell your God what I want. I want to let your people go. I want to set them free. Just get rid of these frogs. I'm tired of the frogs. We're tired of seeing them everywhere. They smell. So tell your God, do whatever he wants. Do whatever you want. So Moses says, okay, Pharaoh, that's awesome. We're going to do this today. Basically, he's asking God to get rid of something. And so Pharaoh says, please tell me, please tell me what I think is one of the strangest things, as we said, verse 10. Tomorrow, tomorrow, God was willing to get rid of the frogs today. God is willing to, to get rid of the frogs right then and there. But Pharaoh said, tomorrow. How many times in our life have we told God, tomorrow? You know, we, we have a tomorrow mentality. How many diets have I started tomorrow? I've started a lot of them, right? I mean, ever had that last meal? This is the last time I ever eat unhealthy. Tomorrow. This is the last time I do tomorrow. And it's easy for us to live in a tomorrow mentality. But God is a God of today. Amen. And we need to worship God today. We need to ask God to change our minds and our hearts today. One of the things that stops momentum in our life is the mentality that tomorrow is the day that everything changes. But today is the day of change. Amen. Today is the day of transformation. I pray that every single day you say, God, today is going to be a great day. Today is the day that you're going to reveal things to me. You're going to speak things to me. You're going to change things in my life. And today is the day. We don't have time to wait for tomorrow. Amen? We don't have time to wait for tomorrow. Yesterday. There was a Nike ad a few years ago, 2008. There was this ad, and they ran it for a while. And, and it said this. It said, yesterday, you said Tomorrow. Just do it. Amen? Yesterday, we said tomorrow. Just do it. Today's the day to pray. Today's the day to, to ask God to move in your family. Today's the day. All the things that we have in our life going on, we can't wait for tomorrow. They were telling athletes, today's the day to start training. I'm going to start today. Today's the day of momentum. You know, that ad is saying this that, that we are in a moment today. This is not a moment to wait for tomorrow. What I have discovered is that most people exist in today, but live for tomorrow. Right? If I could just get through today, I'm living for tomorrow. But today is the day that God has made, and let's rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? And make this day, God, I don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. I know you have it all figured out already. But God, this day, I find joy. I find freedom. And then you find that momentum. Today is the day that God can turn around your situation. Today is the God that God can, can move you to step out in faith. 
And every single day, if we have that kind of mentality that God, today is a day of, of, of opportunities, of possibilities, of you're going to do things in my life. Today is the day of repentance, church. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of, of growing deeper in our walk with you. You know, I've been, I've been ministering for, for almost 23 years now behind some form of a podium or a pulpit. And, and often I wonder why some people live in the fullness of God and others don't. Some people tend to live in that fullness, that, that fullness, that fullness. You know, because we all have the, the access to the same teaching, don't we? We all have the, the we, we read the same Bible. It might be a different translation, but we read the same Bible, the Word of God. We, we pray to the same God. So why is it that some people tend to move forward faster in their life while others struggle so much and they still kind of stay in, the, in a place? And, and I don't believe it's, it's not a church problem. It's not this church or that church. We can't blame it on a church or a political problem or a worship problem or any of these other problems. You know, it's, I believe that it's a faith problem. That, that it's a faith problem. It's a, it's a lukewarm mentality problem. Amen. That's, that's the thing that's causing people to be stuck in a place is lukewarm Christianity. And, and, and that's what stops momentum in our life is when we constantly are looking forward to tomorrow and we're not concerned about today. But today is the day that God says, I'm going to turn things around in your life if you just ask me to do it today. I don't want to be like Pharaoh and say, tomorrow, get rid of this. If you have a sickness today, how many say, today, God, I'm ready for the sickness to be gone? Amen. Today. I'm ready for that, 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 that shame or that guilt or that, that, that thing I've been through, that battle. I'm ready for the day, today to be the day of, of turnaround in my life. And I like to say, we need some believing believers. Amen. Believing believers who trust God at his word. That God's, when God says, I will do it, we say, yes, Lord, you will do it. In Jesus' name. And I know this is true. I'll, I'm going to share with you in here just a minute some things to write down. But uh, a few years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, I was outside. Need some water here at the church parsonage there. We had five dead bushes. And I shared this before. I don't know if some of you were here, but we had these five dead bushes. And they weren't very big. They were not much bigger than a basketball, really. I, I thought I could dig that out. I could handle that. That's no big deal. I'll show Heather how much of a man I am. I can dig out bushes. So I, I, I quickly discovered it wasn't that easy. Believe it or not, I realized these things had some deep roots. And I, I was digging and I was pulling, and I was panting. And thank the Lord that Jensen, somebody know Jensen was doing some work at the church at that time. I said, Jensen, you got to help me. I need some help pulling these bushes out. The two of us could do it. So he comes up. We, we grab like a, a hacksaw. We're, we're, we're cutting. We're digging. We're, we had an a, a, a axe. Everything we could find to try to break these roots up. What we found out is that the roots were still alive. They were not dead. They were still alive. Matter of fact, the poor bushes probably would have lived if I was a better gardener. And 
but they were so deep, church. Eventually, what, what I thought would be a great idea, I said, here, I got a really good idea to get these roots out. Why don't we do this? Let's get the tractor. Let's get a, a, a chain and wrap a chain around it. And I'll just like as fast as I can, which how many know tractors aren't that fast, right? Uh, as fast as I can, I'm just going to haul and that thing's just going to rip out of the ground. It's like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. How many know sometimes to guys like us, not, that's not a good idea, right? I should have consulted my wife. She would have been like, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> you know, we haven't updated our insurance yet. That's not a good idea. So we did that anyway, and we put a chain around that little shrub. And I want you to know, as soon as I put my foot on the gas, that lawnmower, that John Deere tractor went, whoosh, went straight up in the air, and I'm looking at heaven. And I literally was ready to go to heaven because that thing was coming down on me. And thank the Lord Jensen was there. He grabbed me off the tractor and, like, tackled me. And the, and the tractor fell and went down. Truck, the shrub was still there. Still on the ground. And thank the Lord for Skip McAllister who brought over his big equipment, a big, big machine. A bobcat pulled that thing out eventually and it got out. You know, it just reminded me. That no matter how you feel on the outside, if those roots are deep, come on, if those roots are deep, amen, how many know we can do all things through Christ? And, I, and I'm believing as I'm talking about this message about today, saying, God, today, would you just, would you just take my roots a lot deeper? I, 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 no matter what storm comes, no matter what comes my way, even though on the outside it might look, not look so great, but how many, if we are deep in the word of God, amen, nothing, no storm, no nothing is going to be able to uproot us because we have something called the strength of the Holy Spirit leading us today, God, today. Would you take us deeper? I'm ready for God to take me deeper in my own life, in my own walk. Hallelujah. And I don't advise you ever ask me to come to your house to dig up plants either. So what does it mean when we say go deeper? I'm thinking about this, this whole thing about momentum. I want us to continue to have momentum. I feel like we have, we have momentum. But the enemy wants to stop us from growing, from going deeper. He wants to stop momentum in our life because of circumstances and situations. But I have news. Listen, no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation you go through, don't ever let your love of God ever diminish. Amen? No matter what you face, because God is right there in, in your present time of trouble and need. That's when you lean on him. Amen? That's when you lean on him. That's not the time to run away from him. That's when you say, God, I'm ready to go deeper with you. Church, I prophesy over Harvest Land Church that this year we're going to go deeper. Deeper in our Bible studies, in our personal studies, in our worship, in our understanding. God, that you would take us deeper. So what does it mean when we say we want to go deeper? First John gives a great whole bunch of scriptures about this. And I'm not going to spend as much time reading the scriptures, but I'm going to break down the chapter real quick. And I, and I have these on the screen. The first thing that we find in this in, in going deeper and, and to, to keep the momentum going is this. Number one is a deep joy. I want you to have a deep joy. You know what that means? To know deep, to have a, a lasting joy, to truly know Christ, that no matter what happens in your life, amen, I still have a joy and a joy unspeakable and full of glory, amen? 
That's a joy that only comes from the Lord. You cannot make it up. You cannot manufacture it. You can't pretend it. You can try to fake it. But how many know there's a joy that you have in the Lord that even if you've had a rough week, that you still, when you come in the presence of God, that there's a joy that comes bubbling up outside, inside of you, and it comes out. And, and so I, I, I pray that you would understand how God wants you to have a deeper faith and a deeper walk, and that comes through a deeper joy. Spiritual depth is not just about knowledge. It is important to have a deeper knowledge, but it's about everyday life and relationships. A deeper joy. Number two is to have a deep clean. Say that with me, a deep clean. Any house cleaners ever do that deep clean? You know, there's one, there's, there's, how many have ever heard of surface cleaning? You got company coming to your house in two hours and you just found out, you're going to do some quick surface cleaning. You're just going to throw stuff in closets and under beds and then you're just kind of making it look nice. And, and that's okay, but how many know it doesn't take very long for it to get dirty again? And sometimes I think we come to church and we just do a surface cleaning. And we just kind of ask God, would you just kind of just push stuff aside? And I'm just going to push stuff off till tomorrow. And I'm just going to get through today. But see, what the Holy Spirit wants to do, he wants to do a deep clean in us. Amen? He wants to do a deep clean. I mean, that, that's the kind of deep cleaning you could eat. I, I'm not going to say Mongolian grill. You're going you're gonna to eat that dinner <laughs> off, that, off that floor. It's so clean. That's gross. But I don't know. <laughs> But our sin is real. But how many of our God is willing to forgive any sin? And that's 1 John 1, 8 through chapter 2, verse 2. We need a deep clean. We ask God, God, would you, would you elevate me? Can I, I want to go deeper. My vision for this church is that as a church that we go deeper. Pastor Devin and I and, and, our, and, our, and our staff and our team, and, and a lot of us met yesterday for a, a strategic foresight meeting, and we just shared vision and ideas and, and ways that we can grow. One of the themes that came out of our meeting was, God, we want to go deeper. God, we want to go deeper, whether that's in relationship building, whether that's in small groups, whatever it is. We as a church body, amen, that we all need to go deeper. And that comes through saying, Holy Spirit, would you do a deep cleaning in me? And sometimes deep cleaning takes time. It takes effort. And so, God, I don't want just surface cleaning anymore. I don't want surface cleaning Christianity. I went to church. I felt good. But by Tuesday, I'm back in my same old, same old. God, I need a deep clean. How many this morning say, I need a deep clean? My mind, my thoughts, everything, my attitude, hallelujah. Number three is a deep desire. Let Christ fill your, hung, your heart, your life with hunger. Be hungry for God. Be hungry. One of the Beatitudes is what? Hunger and thirst for righteousness for righteousness' sake. God, we want a deep desire. And I pray, we pray that you would have a, a desire to pray, a desire to fast, a desire to give, a desire to learn, a desire to, to serve. First John chapter 2, 12 through 17. Some of the ways that we, we want to see this happen is we want to see people have a desire to do ministry outside the church. And that would be things like, for instance, we have practicing his presence coming up in March. It's a, it's a night where we just come in this place and we don't have an, a, 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 an agenda really. We just come and we just say, God, we're expecting today to hear from you, amen? And we just soak in God's presence. 
And that as, as the Holy Spirit does something deeper in us, he begins to reveal truths and words of wisdom and knowledge and all these things happen. We have a ministry called the Prayer Truck, which is a, is a growing ministry. Matter of fact, I'm excited to share that. It's going to be, uh, I, actually, I asked Devin, and we both prayed about it, and we ended up having Darby write a piece that's going to be highlighted at National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. All of Open Bible will be there. It's going to be highlighted. Our church was asked to be highlighted. Praise God. And we are going to be in the message magazine in, in the May, June issue. We're going to get extra issues of that. And one of the things they're talking about is the prayer truck. I pray that you have a desire to say, God, this year I want to be mobilized. I want to get outside of my comfort zone. I want to I have a desire to lay hands on people, to pray for people, to go on missions trips or to, to serve right here in our local communities. Lord, I pray that we'd have a deep desire to serve you. Amen? deep desire. Number four, there's five total. And I was going to say these five represent those five bushes, but that's too corny. And it also, and I also put on their discipleship. Don't forget that discipleship. We want to see our church discipled, whether that's through Instay, which if you're not familiar, that's the Institute of Theology by extension. That's a theology course like discipleship, New Testament, Old Testament. We, we, I pray that you have a desire to, to never stop learning. I pray that we become lifelong learners, amen? Lifelong learners, that we just have a continually a desire to be involved in a small group, whether that's in a Bible study in your own home. How many know you, your home can be your own Bible college, amen? You, you can learn and you can experience God's presence, and whether that's in a small group or a, a ministry that we have at the church, women's groups, men's groups, our, our, our young adults, our seniors, and on and on and on. We, have, we want to see you have a desire to grow in these groups. And number four is have a deep hope. That you would have a deep hope. Hope to me is that outlook. I have a great hope for today. But as God reveals my tomorrow, and it's okay to talk about tomorrow in this way for sure, is God, I have a, an outlook of hope. Amen. How many know there's, there's something about that that nothing in this world can give us like God's hope? You can't manufacture it. You can't, you can't buy it. It's that peace. It's that grace. It's that hope. First John chapter 2, 28 through verse I mean, through chapter 3, verse 2, says we are being formed into the likeness of God. Deep hope. And the last one is this, is to have a deep love. How many just love Jesus? Hallelujah. How many just love God with all your heart, your mind? I can't imagine life without him. I can't imagine doing life without God. I just can't see it. I know you can't either. But it's that love that that is unexplainable. The only way I can explain it is by living it, by doing it, by, by, by giving it. And that's that deep love. Lord, would you let us go deeper in loving people? We show true love through sacrifice. Express our love to God through giving Worship, evangelism, just to name a few, to have a deep love. I'm going to end with this amazing couple of verses out of Matthew chapter 6. And the theme of this whole message this morning was about going deeper. And momentum happens when we go deeper. And, and, and I, I feel in my spirit that this year, as we had our, our meeting yesterday, and as I've met with other people in this church, there's a common theme. How many know the Holy Spirit will speak to somebody, one thing, and it will be confirmed 
a couple days later. And I've been hearing this confirmed from this body, from leaders, and from other pastors and other ministries, this, this, this thought that the church has to go deeper. Because the church right now is in a battle. Come on, we are in a spiritual warfare right now. Like the enemy is, is, is always up to no good. But he knows something. He, he can sense. He obviously knows he's a loser and he's going to lose. <laughs> and, and I can say a lot worse things about the devil, but I'll keep it right there, right? He's pathetic. He's terrible. He's, and, and so, because we serve a God who's awesome, don't we? And we serve a God who's a God of today. And no matter what the enemy tries to tell you, he can't control your tomorrow. God controls your tomorrow. And so we have a, we have a church, a, a mentality right now. See, because I know in our women's Bible study, Heather tells me all the time, and it's, it's great stuff. I, I, I wish I was in it sometimes. <laughs> but they're studying the book of Daniel that Daniel was in the area of, of the Babylonians and Babylon. And Babylon was literally like a modern-day America. We've made idols. We've made we've made idols, and we've kind of um, uh, lived in this this mindset of tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. God wants us to do it today. Have that deep love. Matthew six. This is out of the Voice translation. Do not consume yourself with questions like what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Seek first, amen, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, say all, these things will be given to you as well. Isn't that good news? God has it all for us. And so do not worry about tomorrow, but let tomorrow worry about itself. I have probably quoted the scripture a thousand times to myself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. I know that's easier said than done, but we have to speak it. We have to live in that faith life mode. Living faithfully is large enough task for today. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask if there's somebody here today, one of the points on the end of this message, those five points, one of them really stuck out to me as I was studying praying about these and it was the the cleaning part we can't just have a service cleaning mentality Lord I need a deep clean in my life and before we receive communion together I don't ever want to just take it and just not really fully feel the weight what it resembles the word glory in the Bible is mentioned several times and the meaning of the word glory means resemblance or reflection and so when we are in God's presence listen church and you walk out of here listen you begin to have the resemblance the reflection and God's glory on your life And as he does a deep clean in your life, the glory just shines brighter in your life. And now when we go out of this place, we reflect and we resemble who God is to a world that doesn't know. There are people out there that really have a mis- 
conception of who Christ is. They don't understand how much he loves them. Lord, I pray as we pray over this communion in these moments that we have, I ask that you you would do a deep clean right now. Not, Not tomorrow, but today. Ask God, would you clean out you do a deep clean, those compartment, those files that I have filed for years and years and years. You know, I heard a sermon once about our brain is like a, a huge filing cabinet, like the size of Mount Everest. We have things filed and stored away from in there. And sometimes we say, if I, I'm going to pull this out when I need to use this, this, this hurt, this pain, this, this whatever it is, this doubt. But sometimes we need to say, God, I, I, would you just shred all those old files and do something new in me today? A new mind created me, a clean heart, renew my mind, and do a deep clean. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just ask him right now what it is. Say, God, would you clean this out? Clean this out. Maybe there's an area in your life that you struggle with. Maybe maybe it's not even a struggle. Maybe you say, Lord, I, I just want to go deeper, plain and simple. I'm just ready to go deeper. I know there's more. I'm ready. If this morning you just say, God, I'm ready to go deeper in my life. Listen, there's something special. When we make declarations, it's 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 literally saying, God, I'm I'm in a covenant with you. I'm declaring. I, I'm I'm giving myself to you. Lord. I thank you for those who are ready to go deeper. All of us, Lord, in some way, it's time to go deeper. Not waiting for tomorrow, but today. Today, God, our prayer life, our worship life, our attitude, our our our, our, our reflection of you, everything that we do and say, God, our words, our, our, our love for our spouses, for those who are married, and just our kids and our church family. Would you do a deeper work, deeper love, a deeper cleaning, a deeper hope? All these things, God, go deeper in in our life this year at Harvest Land, God.